this is Kara Foster from First Christian Church, Disciples of Christ in Madisonville, Kentucky, and you're listening to our sermons podcast. And if you want to find out more information, you can connect with us at www.madisonvilledisciples.org or come in person at 1030 College Drive, uh, Madisonville, Kentucky. Subscribe and enjoy these podcasts. through this month of August in Paul's letter to the church in Ephesians, and I'm sure you know that each of Paul's letters have a unique perspective and voice. You can tell that he's writing each letter like he would to a different child. He he uses different contexts and situations the way he writes to them, and scholars really think that Ephesians was meant to be a general letter circulated amongst the churches, and for three chapters now... He has reiterated again and again that Jew, Gentile, Christ has taken down the walls of division and made us one in Jesus Christ. And we know that he's writing from prison, and I think if I were writing a letter from prison, it probably would have have a lot of woe is me, and please send some snacks, and I can't get a decent night's sleep here, and pray for me, me, me. But no, he's... he's praying for them. Our passage today is a prayer, and he is praying for the church. And I invite you to listen closely with these words as I read them today. They're just absolutely beautiful, I think. And it's Ephesians chapter 3, beginning in verse 14. And this is what he writes. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth take its name. I pray that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant that you may be strengthened in your inner being with the power through his spirit, and that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith as you are being rooted and grounded in love. I pray you may have the power to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge so that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him, who by the power at work within us is able to accomplish abundantly far more than we can ask or imagine, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. It's a beautiful prayer, isn't it? Paul isn't throwing a pity party. He's not writing about how hard it is for him in prison. He's not asking for them to help him or pray for him. He's praying for them, the church. He's praying for us. And what does he pray for? He prays a prayer for spiritual strength. It's a prayer for our own spiritual strength and endurance. Listen again to some of the words he says. I pray that you may be strengthened in your inner being with power through his spirit that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith as you are being rooted and grounded in love. Rooted and grounded in love. It's a beautiful phrase. I thought about that this week. I, I pictured children coming into our building. I pictured the youth outside meeting together. And I, I pray that in some small way, 
that this place, this church, might be a tangible reminder of God's great love for them, that they can trust in the foundation that they find here in this place, that they might know in the depth of their being that no matter what, this is a place that has shown them what it is to be rooted and grounded in the love of Jesus Christ. That's my hope, too. He is praying a prayer for deep roots, strong foundation, that they may be strengthened in their inner being. It goes on to say, I pray that you have the power to comprehend with all the saints what's the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge so that you may be filled with the fullness of God. He's praying for the church's wisdom to know and to discern what to do through challenging circumstances and to be filled with the love of God, filled with the fullness of God, as he puts it, rooted and grounded in love that leads to an inner strength that can help us navigate any challenging days. And he prays a prayer for the knowledge for the church to know how to make our way forward, the height, the depth, the length of it all, so that we might be filled with the fullness of God. Nearly 2,000 years after this passage has been written, in a different language, culture, context, and yet here we are, these words still speak to us today. It's the power of Holy Scripture at work. This prayer for spiritual strength, for spiritual endurance, that we might be filled with the fullness of God. And I wanted to speak to that strength this morning. Because maybe, just maybe, there's a part of you that does not feel so filled with the fullness of God today. Maybe you feel like you're running on empty. Maybe you feel tired, weary, stressed, and filled with the fullness of God feels like a stretch right now. Is that you this morning? Are you running on empty today? Throughout this pandemic, I keep talking about this image because it has felt to me like someone signed me up for a race that I did not want to run. And I've been running it as hard as I can. And just when I think I'm getting to the finish line, someone says, oh, no, you've got 26 more miles to go. And I think back to when I was high school cross crunchy days. And whenever you could see the finish line, that's when you knew you had made it, that you weren't going to indeed die on the trail somewhere. You had made it, and you could run a little bit faster and run a little bit stronger because you knew you were going to survive. And I think at least for me, what is challenging right now with this season is that I can't see the finish line just yet. And that's hard. And truthfully, it's not just pandemic life. It's life. Life can be hard. Marriages that struggle, addictions that consume us, kids that go through hard days, jobs that go away, financial setbacks, diagnoses, and painful medical treatments. Life can be hard. The dog eats your homemade guacamole that you were so excited about. That was me this week. And before we know it, 
The signs that we are running on empty are all around us. Our patience runs thin, easily irritated. Things that typically we could let roll off our backs suddenly really annoy us. We begin to sound angry, bitter, worse, spiteful, cruel even. And maybe we notice that we're not finding much joy in our life. Maybe we notice that we're tired even after a full night of sleep. And we feel like we are not filled with the fullness of God. Anything but, actually. And it helps me to remember that Paul and the early church knew what it is to face a challenge and a hard road. After all, he's writing in prison. He's in prison for simply being a follower of Jesus Christ. They knew hard days. And yet here he is offering a prayer for the church that we might be a people who are rooted and grounded in love, a foundation that can help us weather any storm. And he's praying for our wisdom, our wisdom to be able to discern what God wants for us to be filled with the fullness of God in a way that only Christ can sustain. So, what are we to do when we are that person running on empty? What do we do when we are just barely holding on? How can we go? I remember years ago, early in my ministry, a much more seasoned pastor who was a couple of decades ahead in the game offered a reminder to me. She said, ministers, we have to be like giraffes. And what she meant by that is we have, giraffes being so tall, they have to keep their eyes on the horizon, that they get into trouble when they're looking down too much. And she was trying to remind me that if we are not careful, we can become consumed by the messiness and the dailiness of every day. But if we keep our eyes on the source of our light and strength, we won't get lost. One minister wrote about visiting a member of his church before the surgery, and this is what he says about that time. He says, the woman had never been in the hospital before, and the surgery was major. I walked in there. She was a nervous wreck, and she started crying, and she wanted me to pray with her, which I did. By her bed, there was a stack of books and magazines. She had a stack of them there, and she was an absolute wreck. It occurred to me, there's not a calorie in that whole stack to help her through this experience. She had no place to dip down into a reservoir and come up with something. A word, a phrase, a thought, an idea, a memory, a person, just empty. Now, I don't mean to suggest to you today that you need to start reading Martin Luther's 95 Thesis and read solely the writings of Mother Teresa, although they're great. But I think what this minister is trying to make us think about what we are filling ourselves with and how it is or isn't sustaining us. Is it time to shut off the TV and take a walk outside? 
Do you need to spend some time sitting on the ground with belly rubs with one of God's four-legged messengers? Do you need to step away from the phone, the email, social media? I don't know about you, but some days scrolling through Facebook does not make me filled with the fullness of God. (laughs) And maybe instead of reaching for the radio as soon as you get in the car, you just sit in silence with your thoughts. In my own season of life right now, I am so surrounded by words every single day that maybe, like me, what you need more of is less words. Less words in order to be rooted and grounded in love. If you have ever found yourself making a trip to the bathroom and it feels like a moment of respite, you need less words in your life. Step away from the noise. In 1 Kings 19, um, Elijah, I love this story. Elijah, the prophet Elijah has fled to the caves because there's threats on his life. And, and what the scripture says is that there was wind, there was earthquake, there was fire, there was storms, but God was not in those things. God spoke to Elijah in a whisper. And sometimes, if we're not careful, we can fill our lives with so much noise and busyness and distractions that we can't hear the still, small voice of God at work speaking to us. And maybe for some of us, what we need is not less words, but the right words to think about whose voices we are listening to who we are surrounding ourselves with and the influence on our lives. When's the last time you opened your Bible and had a devotional? You know, this is a little silly story, but it cracks me up. And the story is that um, a couple in church invited their pastor to dinner. And of course, they set out their finest wares that they had for the pastor to come. And they had a lovely meal. When it was time to go, they noticed they were missing one of their special silver spoons. And the lady just thought about that. She said, did that minister steal one of our spoons? Where did it go? And she wondered and sort of fumed about this for an entire year. Where did my spoon go? Did my minister steal my spoon? And one day, about a year later, she just decided to ask. She said, you know, I'm missing a spoon after you came to eat at my dinner table. And he said, oh, really? I left my spoon in your Bible. Get it? (laughs) Maybe, maybe, maybe you need to spend a little more time with God's word, getting it closer to your heart. You know, one of the best pieces of advice I've ever gotten is to memorize scripture because you never know when you will need it close at hand. Sitting in an MRI machine, sitting at the foot of the grave, sitting in traffic. God's word can be close to your heart. Are we taking time for worship, for Sabbath, to stop and rest and maybe even just breathe? The great spiritual writer Henry Nouwen, he had this beautiful phrase, and he said, in solitude, I get rid of my scaffolding. In solitude, I get rid of my scaffolding. All the things I've been using to prop 
myself up. It comes down to what's going on in here, within us. Now finally, one last word. When you feel like you're on empty, follow Paul's lead here and pray. Pray. Paul prays for the church. He prays for you and for me, for our spiritual strength and endurance. But prayer changes us. It reminds us who we are and who God is. It's a relinquishing of the control we think we ought to have on our life and to trust into the hands of the one who's promised to never leave us or forsake us. So pray. Even if you don't think you have the right words, pray. We are called to be a people who are rooted and grounded in the love of Jesus Christ. You are called to be a person rooted and grounded in the love of Jesus Christ. And this life is no dress rehearsal. And for this reason... I bow my knees before the Father from whom every family in heaven on earth take its name. And I pray, according to the riches of his glory, he may grant that you may be strengthened in your inner being with power through his spirit, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith as you are being rooted and grounded in love. And I pray that you may have the power to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length, and height, and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, so that you may be filled with the fullness of God. Now to him, who by the power at work within us is able to accomplish far more than we can ask or imagine, to him be the glory in the church in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. 